and I tell my employees this too, you can think about what you do as, oh, I'm just serving coffee. Or you can think of what you do as, I have this moment in space with this person and I have an opportunity to bless them in some way. been to the coffee hub to have a handful of coffees for random meetings that I have with friends. And you know what I've learned? What? I've learned that their coffee is actually really great. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Now, I'm not a fan of Starbucks or other unnamed coffees in the area um, for a variety of reasons you, having to do with the flavor of the coffee. But the coffee hub's coffee was actually stellar. And so I've been there, but I've never met the owners. So I was pleased to be able to sit down and have a conversation with Simp, who started the Coffee Hub, and hear her story of how she got to where she's at and why she's doing things the way she is. Because the word on the street is that she's behaving in a way that is not typical of a for-profit coffee house. So you have some really outside-of-the-box thinking when it comes to employment practices and beliefs. You have infusing life into a building that when I was growing up in Xenia was just vacant downtown space. And then you have what appears to be a really deep belief in partnerships. When you say that, it sounds kind of regular, but the longer we talked with Simp, the more obvious it became that everything that she is involved in is a complimentary venture with somebody else that yeah, is for good sure. for them and good for her. And that is something that was pretty inspiring, honestly, and awe-inspiring is what I would call it. The other thing that really stood out to me about this conversation was her perspective on life. So she is right now not only growing, they're about to open their fourth location of the coffee hub. So they're not only growing from a business standpoint, she has committed to growing herself. So she's taking business classes and trying to stretch herself and learn new things. And then she's also investing into other people. So she's being mentored and she's mentoring, which is just a beautiful thing. This is our conversation with Simp Stimple from the Coffee Hub in Xenia, Ohio. So we are in the Coffee Hub. We are. In Xenia. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. My name is Simp Stimple. I grew up in Kentucky. I spent went to Western Kentucky University. I studied business. And during my college years, God sort of took me a different direction. And so I came on staff with Campus Crusade, or crew as it's known now. And then, long story made short, I met my husband. We went to the Ukraine. We spent 20 years there. We landed back in the Xenia area. And because it was geographically between our parents for no other reason, really, hmm. except that God wanted us here, obviously. And when we returned, I had no I, I knew I needed a change. I wanted to do something different. 
I still had the same goals. I still wanted to love people, uh-huh. but I uh, just wanted a little different way of doing it. Now, you said you wanted something different. What were you doing in the 20 years while you were in Ukraine? Well, the first half, we did student ministry. Okay. So we did a lot of knock on doors and dorms, uh, get to know, spend a lot of time with students. And we, you know, arrived in Ukraine right after the wall fell, the fall of 92. So we were privileged to see lots of college students really hear about Jesus for the first time and really meet semi-intelligent people who believed in him. Hmm. You know, most of them would have said they were atheists. And uh, so we got to see a lot of people come to know the Lord during those years. A lot of them started to work with us. And then others went on to do other wonderful things, own businesses, become pastors. So, Very cool. Mm-hmm. So you come back here to Xenia, and you knew you wanted something different, and, and what happened next? So I met with one of the city planners of Xenia just to see what was going on in the town and I sort of thought maybe a restaurant was the dream but I didn't want to go that much into debt and so I just waited (laughs) I just waited and one day I got a phone call and uh, asking if I wanted to open a coffee shop connected to one bistro and I said well let's start the conversation Mm -hmm. and so from that day I got that phone call we were open in six months after that wow so very cool. Yeah, I obviously felt it was exactly what I was waiting for. How many people get a phone call asking them if they want to start a business? Right. Yeah. I mean, usually it's a dream that somebody had or something that compelled them in a certain direction, but um, it's probably not very common for that opportunity to just come knocking. Right. <laughs> Unsolicited, right? right? <laughs> I mean, I knew I wanted a business. I just didn't know exactly what kind of business. Uh-huh. So one bistro, you mentioned that. That I remember one bistro being in Miamisburg, correct? Right, mm-hmm. and then it it closed that location and moved here. No, there no? were two locations. Okay, at one point. And so, what is one bistro? One bistro is a community restaurant. It's a pay it forward model. So you can come in and eat a half salad, for example, for six dollars, and then when you go to check out, you pay eight dollars, and so that helps feed someone who comes in and needs a meal. But they also have to work in order to receive that meal. Okay. They work an hour, do something that needs to be done in one bistro, and then they receive, you know, not just a meal. It's great food. It's some of the best food you'll have in Xenia. Yeah, I had a pizza here the other day, and it was top-notch. It's excellent, and it? I really liked it, yeah. I love their salads, so. So did you know what one bistro was when you got the phone call? To be honest, you I'm trying know. to remember. <laughs> it, I'm pretty sure I'd been to one bistro before. Okay. Uh, but let's put it this way. I hadn't frequent there. That's for sure. Uh-huh. Okay. So with that model being next door, is that a model that you employ here at the coffee hub? Or is it completely different in the way that you kind of approach the business model? Well, we are a for-profit coffee shop. We share the same heart with One Bistro, obviously, and there are people who pay it forward with coffee for Mm -hmm. people, and we keep it in a little bag back there. It says, for someone who needs coffee, Hmm. and generally speaking, you can often tell if somebody's down and out, and, Uh you know, a lot of times they'll just ask, 
can I have a cup of coffee? Okay. And of course, our heart is to, especially in the dead of winter, you know, yeah. we're going to do our best to let people sit in here for a little bit anyway, warm up, uh, drink something hot, and then, but I'm, I'm not going to let them sit in here all day either. I'm like, uh-huh. might be time to head to the library for a while. Sure. Yeah. So with your experience overseas, were there any interactions or ways that businesses interacted with one another that maybe informed your approach here in the United States? I mean, seeing a lot of different things over 20 years in Ukraine, you probably saw good and bad examples of how people um, carry themselves when it comes to making money, providing services, and relating to people. Um, How much of that did you bring in to your perspective when you started the Coffee Hub? It's a really good question, Dave. And, you know, I would say I was most informed about how to do business from my father who owned a small business and I worked with him until I finished college. I saw someone work really hard who had an eighth grade education and let's just put it this way, did really well. He is the American dream that if you work really hard and sacrifice some things that you can do really well in life and I saw him do it and um, I also saw how he treated people and so my time overseas I would say maybe showed me what I don't want to do in some ways I'm not saying all businesses were that way but I saw a lot of corruption Um, the people who worked inside those businesses probably loved what they did often Um, but I also saw the product of socialism in a lot of ways and how no one took at least when we first arrived I didn't think a lot of people took pride in what they did it was just a job they had to do and they probably were assigned that job they probably had no choice in working in the bread store or whatever Mm -hmm. you know but they were always very generous with us being foreigners, like telling us the eggs were bad, like don't buy them. And we, st- <laughs> we just stand there going, like, why are they on the shelf then if you can't sell them? They're like, you don't want these eggs. I'm like, okay, all right. We'll trust you. We'll trust you. But it helps me, I think, in a lot of ways, you know, think outside the box for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned your father owned a business and you mentioned kind of his, the way that he treated people mm-hmm. right behind you. As we're sitting here, there's a sign that says, we put, pe- we put the people we serve first. I, I see like three other things kind of aside that mm-hmm. I'm guessing those are kind of like the, like the pillars of the business. Well, these are banners of toward independences. So okay. that's the umbrella that we rent from oh, okay. in their space. But you know, even the one on the end I've taken a picture with before, there is a business behind the mission. I would say, you know, there is a mission behind the business in what we do. Uh-huh. Okay. And what would you say that is? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, um, our vision is to serve phenomenal coffee to people. And in the process of that, we also serve love, hope, encouragement hmm. um, to people. Yeah. So, and one of those pieces would be, I mean, obviously we want to teach, we want to love all of our employees. You know, I love them to death. We have Cedarville students, and then we have people that are in recovery for addiction. So it's a very interesting 
group of people I have here together. And it's amazing to watch what God does. That may be one of the highlights of owning a business is seeing what he does in the lives of the employees Hmm. that work with us. So you hire then uh, people that are recovering? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so we'll call them people that, you know, are in recovery. Okay. We want to try to stay away from that word of addicts, sure. you know, because they're people just like us. Right. And we all have some kind of addiction, right. you know, yeah, in some form yeah. or fashion, right? Uh-huh. So, um, yes, we do hire, and it, it never was really a part of the original vision. Let's put it that way. But <clears throat> during the first year, I want to say, Uh, a young man approached me about a job and he immediately told me he was in recovery and and he was real truthful about a lot of things about his life and he asked for a job and I was like wow okay my thought is Christians should be some of the most gracious people in the world if I understand how much I've been forgiven then I would want to extend that to other people and give them a second chance. And so I hired Zach, and it was an incredible experience. Um, he's, you know, long exited the coffee hub. He was a very smart guy. Um, drugs brought him down. He was a CPA. Um, so he went on, went back to school, got a degree in to help people in addiction. And he works for... Um, TCN now, full time, and he'll go. He'll go on. He'll probably get his master's and his PhD in Very cool. helping people in recovery. So that was the first, and God just keeps sending people. So, so in an interesting way, as we look in our communities at the people who make up the spaces around us, um, it seems maybe a little bit more clear in a situation where a person is open about their recovery from addiction that there are issues that are challenges in the life of this person right Mm -hmm. um but in reality if we're honest like you said every person has an addiction somewhere in their life with something um every person has experienced brokenness and every person has intrinsic value that deserves the chance to um be healed or made mm-hmm. whole from the traumatic experience that has taken them to where they're at or where they've been. Um, and that's all I had there. I didn't really have a question. <laughs> well, that's it was really true. good. You said it very well, Dave. I was just tying very up a well. couple of things that kind of tied in with another episode that we did, Yeah. So, which is super awesome. In that same line of thinking... When we work our jobs in a corporate setting or when we're in a small business and we're working with regular people, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot easier to overlook the brokenness and addiction that they may be struggling with that's not quite as apparent. And so humanizing one another and, you know, accepting each other in spite of the struggles that might be happening behind closed doors is something that we need to keep in mind. Um, Looking here, you said this is a space that you rent from a different organization Mm -hmm. um you have one bistro next door Mm -hmm. do they rent from the same landlord yes they do okay um so this seems to be a collective space Mm -hmm. 
how has the experience of the coffee hub being in this large hall that is utilized by multiple venues simultaneously affected your business? Has it been positive? Has it been negative? And have there been stories that have come out of that that you wouldn't have expected? Uh, it's definitely been positive. Um, I mean, there's always things you have to work out with any lease. It's not, and this is no different. You know, it, our space has expanded over the years, and and that's been a plus. But my relationship with Toward Independence is is great. Um, we work well together. We serve them in different ways, like coffee and donuts for some of their board meetings or other meetings. And then some of their clients, like they stamp our sleeves. They get so excited about this. Um, and you think, wow, it's actually helping me, but it really helps them because they want to contribute. And so it's been a, a win-win, I think, with all of the partnerships going on around us. What is Toward Independence? Toward Independence has day programs for adult disabled Okay. Um, that's what this building is about. They also have 17 residential homes in the area where people that can live on their own, there's like a house parent there, you know, um, if they can live in that community, then they can live in one of those houses also. So they have a lot going on. There's like, I don't know, 400 some odd employees. So Wow. Yeah, it's not a small operation. No doubt. Yeah. Okay. They do a lot of great things. So collaboration is something that we try to talk about a lot on this podcast. And we we do ask people, like, how do you collaborate with other with other businesses and stuff like that? That seems a little bit clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just sitting in here, it's like there's – so there is some collaboration. Even the space is collaborative. Yeah. And, um, when when I have, I have coffee meetings here and uh, occasionally <clears> – <throat> meet somebody at one bistro and it's like you can't necessarily tell when you leave one and, and go to the other true sometimes yeah. we get google reviews for one bistro on coffee hub <laughs> okay okay it's okay and it's, that's usually, it's usually guess, positive yeah. so right. well that's good you take it right <laughs> five totally. stars it's it's mine that's <laughs> right <laughs> we're all in this together that's right that's right um, how have businesses outside of this space reacted to your presence and or have they reacted to it? Are they aware of um, your hiring practices with people who are recovering from addiction? Um, and have you had any negative feedback or support with that? Yeah, we have a great downtown business uh, group. Uh, we all enjoy each other. And I think we're, we mutually support each other's businesses. Like I, in my case up there, I have scones from Flower Bakery down on the corner. Um, I have cake pops from another lady that makes them in Xenia. So I love to champion, especially women in business, obviously. Um, Hmm. We still are a minority when it comes to business owners. So any chance I get, I'm going to, you know, tell somebody to go down to Gypsy Boutique and get something there. Or, you know, uh, Becky down in the corner just opened a gift shop or send somebody down there. I love Xenia Shoe and Leather. You know, I just bought a pair of shoes there the other day. So, yeah, and Mary's Odds and Ends. It's like, and the massage. I've had massages. So, <laughs> this, it's a great group of business owners, and I think we're very supportive of each other. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Speaking of starting a business, 
um, how did you go about doing, like, how did you know how to start a coffee shop? <laughs> well, I did have a little help in that the city provides a couple of people to help you in that. I'm trying to remember what their exact titles were, but, um, like business development, sort kind of, of a thing? little bit like consultants. Yeah. Okay. So I think I had four hours with them or something and they sort of helped me know the steps you go through. But basically, you sort of learn, you just learn it. It's amazing. When you want to do something, you're going to figure it out. And so, but the city was very supportive, very helpful. I can't say enough about the city of Xenia and how they helped me through the process. And since you started this one, you've opened up a few other locations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this one started in... May of 2017, and in July of 2019, we opened one in the Dayton Metro Library. Actually, the one in Beaver Creek we thought was going to open before it, but it sort of drug on. (laughs) We were in that, we had a trailer there, a mobile unit, for way too long. It went all the way through a winter and almost through a whole summer in that trailer. But the one in the library opened, and then two weeks later, Beaver Creek opened. So the month of July and August, to say the least, was very full. Uh But the one in Beaver Creek is a dedicated gluten-free space. Okay. So it is safe for celiacs. Like, my employees don't even go in there and eat lunch. They don't bring anything in. I make them sit outside and eat at a table. It's like you're not bringing any gluten in there. Absolutely none. So I'm curious what prompted that. Like what kind of prompted you to make it a gluten-free space? My, so my wife has celiac disease, uh-huh. so I'm super familiar with, with all of right. that. Well, what prompted it was was the baker who was in the back of this space invited me into it. Okay. So one, the, the storefront went out of business that was there before us, and she said, Simp, what do you think about uh, bringing coffee over here with the bakery? And I'm like, I mean, is there any better combination than coffee and baked goods? Right. right. And so, obviously, she is a certified kitchen, so therefore, that's what we are because you couldn't do it any other way, really, Okay. and do it safely. So. Very cool. And what business is that? It's another partnership. Uh Uh-huh. It's Purely Sweet Bakery. Okay. Yeah. It's a great partnership, too. Very cool. Two women-owned businesses and... Okay. Yeah. And then the Dayton Metro Library, that sounds like another partnership. Oh, yeah, exactly. How about that? (laughs) So it sounds like that's kind of like a core part of the DNA. It's a reoccurring theme. We've had some fun opportunities in here, and I love that about having a small business downtown. You know, I can have one night the Democratic Party having a meeting in here, and the next night I can have the Republican Party. The next night I have a sorority from Central State, or it's like I get we get to have such a wide variety of people in this space. And that is my heart that we would have conversations. City of Xenia has had a meet and greet with the council. So we've had a lot of opportunities, but I think we need to, unfortunately this COVID thing has sort of slowed that down a little bit, you know, but it will, we'll get back to having more of those conversations. So the coffee is delicious. Good. Glad to hear that. Where is it sourced it from? It would be phenomenal coffee, to be exact. Okay. We um, <laughs> get our coffee from a roaster in Cincinnati. It's called La Terza. Okay. And so that Another is their tagline. local partnership. Um, phenomenal coffee. So okay. it's great. There's lots of single origin 
And then our house blend is a blend of Mexican and Brazilian beans, but they've been roasting coffee for 20 years. It's like I often get people who come in and say, oh, I just started roasting coffee. Can I start roasting coffee for you? And I'm like, one, I don't think you understand the quantity of coffee we go through in our three shops in a week. And two, sorry, I I want somebody (laughs) who's doing this well. For sure. And they'll ask me, are you roasting coffee? I'm like, no, why would I start roasting coffee? I know absolutely nothing about roasting coffee. When I can have someone who's got great experience and they are about these guys are about some great things too of helping coffee communities and you know obviously fair wages for the coffee farmers but even helping the towns they're located in you know so yeah. i love to support that i love that mm-hmm. that's fantastic yeah they're good guys so you had a vision for starting a business of some kind in Xenia mm-hmm. that turned into a coffee shop through unique interactions and opportunities that presented themselves. It has developed into a business where you intentionally are open to hiring people Mm -hmm. recovering from addiction. From this moment, looking into the future, do you have things that you're dreaming about? Mm -hmm. You bet. And what are they? (laughs) You've heard that phrase, if your dreams aren't big enough to scare you, you know, that's not... It's not a, a dream, and it's not very large. So one that is um, we're working on right now is starting a women's recovery house. It's a nonprofit. It's called Hope Hub Xenia. Um, it's a, a one-year program. Uh, it's a, obviously a faith-based program for women, and they'll spend a year in this residential program. And because what we've seen in recovery, I've been on the board of a a sober living house and Missy, who's my manager here in Xenia, we're doing this together. We've seen is re- recovery can be done a gazillion ways. And I'm not going to say one way is right, one way is wrong. But what I have seen is that the longer someone's put in a position to recover, the higher the chance of them really seeing freedom in their life. And we don't, we don't want a, another program that just maintains. They just, you know, they're still counting the days they're clean. We want to see a program where women are understanding who they are, how valuable they are, and are learning life skills. So when they leave the program, they not only are not desiring to use drugs, but they're, they understand how to manage their money you know they're going to go through financial peace university they're going to understand some of the wounds from their past and how that affects their lives today they're going to understand uh they're going to have a marketable skill when they leave that's going to get them a job hopefully outside of the food service industry that is just notorious for having lots of drugs you know so those are some of our um and they're going to be mentored. That's another big piece of this program is having women being mentored by women in the community. So they're building relationships. So when they leave that program, they're not like, oh, wow, now I'm done with this year program. What do I do? I don't have any friends outside of this program. Sure. One, they're probably not from this community. You know, a lot of times that's what happens is you just exit they, you leave your community where you've done drugs in order to get some help and go somewhere else. So um, that's, that's a big one, obviously. Missy's writing the program right now, and I am 
setting up a nonprofit with lots of help, uh, trying to read a book on a certain kind of procedure to run this board, um, and then run a business at the same time. So it's, um, life is very full right now, let's put it that way, but very, the cause is worth every bit of it. And we actually have three young women living with us right now that are in recovery. And uh, so we were empty nesters for about one night. And then <laughs> God brought one young lady, and then another one, and then another one. And so, um, but it's great. I mean, we've been given so much that how could we not give back? And so we're pretty motivated to make a difference and and in this area you know it's a I sort of look at it as not everybody is ready to sort of embrace this recovery piece and it's not for everybody you know it has its challenges trust me if anybody thinks I'm doing it because it helps my business oh my goodness the things we go through because someone's in recovery they have no idea of from people not showing up to work to somebody doesn't have a driver's license have to pick them up take them home there are so many pieces to recovery that it's not for the uh, faint of heart let's put it that way sure and it's not because i think i'm like some super person it's just what the ministry god gave me so i'm gonna do it i am taking an interesting class right now uh it's really a program it's through um Sinclair and it's Goldman Sachs sponsors it and it's for small business owners. So there are 39 of us in this program from Dayton, Cincy and Columbus. And so I'm learning so much about business, just a little different slant probably, but it's been good for me because I even Saturday thought I could spend the rest of my life working in my business or I can be very intentional and work on my business. And some of it's hard because I love what I do. I love serving people coffee. And so I never want that to not be a part of my life. But I also feel like we have a great product. And the more places we open, the more people we really can help. And so that's what motivates me too. And I feel like there's lots of communities that no major franchise is going to give the time of day. And we can bring phenomenal coffee to those places. And I would love it to line the bike trail, to be honest. I feel like that's a little bit of the vision God gave me in the beginning. And, you know, you got this bicycle on there. I cycle. Cycle less than I ever have. But, you know, that's okay. (laughs) So success. um, I'd like to dive into that a little bit deeper because... You know, there there are all kinds of cultural definitions sure. of that, as you mentioned, and those are pressures that a lot of people feel, mm-hmm. you know, even when they're like evaluating their life. Sure. You know, am I successful? Mm-hmm. And, and I just kind of wonder, um, you know, like if you get to the end of your life, mm-hmm. looking back on it, what would you, what would you be... I guess, content with, like sat, satisfied. Like I, I think I did... I think I did what I mm-hmm. am proud of. Right. Oh, I, if I died tonight, I would die a blessed woman. I would die content with my contribution. You know, sure, we can always do more. I'm not going to live under the shoulds of, 
doing more and more and more. But I feel confident that I've done what God put before me. And obviously, if, if I'm still alive, he's still got good works for me to do. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, and it sure appears he's blessed us and, you know, he's, his favor is in it. And so I feel that. And so I don't think our work is done we may just really be getting started. And I like to say that your 50s really can be probably your most productive years of your life. Mm. Everything leading up to this was just preparation for the future. I'm convinced of that. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So the 60s, I can't wait for them. If the 50s are this good. That's right. (laughs) No doubt. So not to put words in your mouth, but a lot of conversation about success is out into the future, right? Uh-huh. Like if I accomplish said thing. Right. And it sounds like what you're saying is the only day that we have is this one. You bet. Right? Today is a gift that we'll never have back. So you better live it to the max. Or was it Jim Elliott that said something like that? You know, so I want, I want my every day to, to count in what I'm doing, mm. you know? Yeah. I have some girls that live with me that probably watch a fair amount of TV. And I'm not condemning, you can watch your TV shows, that, that doesn't bother me. <laughs> but for me, you know, it's, it's rare that I'm sitting down to watch TV. Yeah. I just feel like there's so much to do in life and to learn. Why would I want to waste my time watching mindless <laughs> things. No, there yeah. are some great things on TV, don't get me wrong. But my point now, is, is that... If you drop a Netflix like, rant, that could really sell, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want me to be your spokesperson for TV, I can tell you that right now. I totally understand what you're saying, though, because like, back in the day, I could play a video game with my brother. Yep. I became older, and then when I sit down to play a video game, like today, if I sat down to play a video game today, in less than 20 minutes, in the back of my mind, I'm going to be like, this is artificial and there is something that I should be doing right now that I'm not Mm -hmm. and this is a waste of my time precious time right because you can make more money you can't make more time no you're exactly right Dave so good yeah and I'm um, really committed to growing as a person if I could spend like like if I could just had endless amounts of time right now. I'd go to Green County Career Center. I'd be learning all kinds of different mm. careers just because we have the opportunity to do this. Right. And it's like, take advantage of it. Mm. So that would be my advice to young people. It's like the trades are, have fallen off. It's like, go out there and learn how to do some of these things. May, yeah, maybe you don't want to do HVAC your whole life, okay? But it gets you to a place where you really can do what you're passionate about, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, because starting at 21 and doing what you're passionate about doesn't always make a living for your, and if you want to have a family on top of that, sure. then it's even more challenging, so. Hmm. You just said that you want to grow. Yep. Earlier you mentioned... Um, mentoring mm-hmm. have you been consistently mentored by someone personally um, or business wise um, because it seems like a lot of people have the desire to have somebody with wisdom speaking into their life but I don't see that as a reality in today's society uh-huh yes I have been mentored for a fair part of my life to say the least I have women 
actually involved with a group of women. We call it a growth group, and we meet every other week. And so there are women in that group that I get together with, and, and we're always going through material that's going to help us know ourselves better, how to help other people, and, you know, something that's just really good for my soul. And the great thing is, is um, that I get to help other women. I'm leading a group with uh, my Coffee Hub employees. It's called Soul Healing. It's by Dr. Tammy Smith. She's out of Dublin, Ohio. And she was my counselor for a while. The material is life-changing. And so I come away from those groups thinking, wow, this is some of these two hours may be the most important two hours of my week that I get to help these women and help myself through the process. It's, I'm learning just as much as they are. Um, I just get to facilitate it. And to see their lives changed, you know, that's, those are serious highlights of being a business owner. And not everybody in my coffee shop uh, employees wants to be a part of that group, and that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. But there are some people who really want to grow in their spiritual life. And I would say emotionally, too. They've been wounded or hurt, and they need to heal from those things. Sure. And so we go after that. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's been great. It's been incredible. Do you think that what you're doing and how you're living will matter in 100 years? Of course it does. Everything I do. You know, if the world would understand, and and if I con- would be conscious of this 24/7, that what I matter, what I do today matters, it can affect generations from now. It will change the way I live, and it will change the way lots of people live. And that's the great thing about helping people in recovery. These people, a lot of them, were born into families that parents that had addiction problems some of them are still struggling with addiction problems and these girls you know are trying to help their parents now Hmm. um so obviously i 100 percent believe what you do today matters and not just in 100 years it could be 100 years by times five who knows so live it. it well Thanks for listening to the One Small Difference podcast today. We have thoroughly enjoyed the conversations that we have been parts of ourselves, and we hope that they have brought value and challenging ideas into your space. A few ways that you can really help get the word out about the podcast. We do have a Facebook page. It is facebook.com slash osdpod. And then we're also on Instagram, one underscore small underscore difference. Wherever you listen to the podcast, if you wouldn't mind just giving us five stars <laughs> and then writing a review, if you really like it, um, write a review that does help other people find it. And we, uh, once again, are just super grateful that you would take any time out to listen to these podcasts. As always, go out and live today in a way that will matter in a hundred years. Shalom. Shalom.